Is everybody finished with the test? We talked about the table of uh, showbread um, last time we were together. And the purpose of the table of the showbread was to hold the 12 loaves of bread. And they were put on that table in two rows of six to represent the tribes of Israel. That was the purpose. The scripture that verified um, the table of showbread, where you can find that at, is Exodus 25. So if you put down Exodus 25 for the table of showbread, you were on it. Amen. And then the next thing was um, we talked about the bread on the table. Um, We got that out of what? Leviticus what? 24. So it talked about the bread on the table. And we know the bread on the table was for the priests. And that bread was changed out every seven days. And God had given me something on dealing with those every seven days. When we come into the house of the Lord on Sunday, we should be eating off that bread until the following Sunday. And then we get some new bread. Amen. When we come in, we're getting new food, spiritual food. So the bread was changed out. Um, What did the table represent? It represented fellowship. So when you um, come home, some of us, when we come home and and the wife or maybe the husband cook, we'll sit at the table and we'll fellowship. We'll have a meal together. We'll come together in fellowship. So that table represented fellowshipping with God. So um, we use Genesis 18 when Moses um, was entertaining the angels and he um, gave them bread and that showed the fellowship. We also um, talked about Revelations 3 when Jesus said that he wanted to uh, come and sup with us. He wants to have fellowship with us. He's knocking on the doors of our heart. So it's very important to understand how good fellowship is. When we come together on Sundays, we're coming together to fellowship. We're coming to eat spiritual food. And I'm telling you, it's a good thing when you can get some good spiritual food because it gives you life and it quickens you and it brings life unto you because we're spiritual beings. So how did this um, represent Jesus Christ? That was in um, John the sixth chapter where he's saying that he is the bread of life. So in order for us to fellowship with God, we must partake from his son, which is Jesus, because we know we cannot um, even go to heaven or enter into heaven without um, accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He is the bread of life. And I didn't give you this one, but how did it represent the church? We talked about in the books of Acts chapter 2, how they were um, coming together, breaking bread, going from house to house, having fellowship, and how in Matthew 26, it talked about communion, when we do communion, and Jesus done communion with his disciples, and they were fellowshipping with the breaking of bread and drinking um, the wine, and that's what we do when we have communion. We come in fellowship and, you know, re- bringing us into remembrance of what Jesus done. And also 1 John 1, 3, it talks about um, the fellowship that um, we can have one with another because we are serving the same God. I pray that everybody got something out of the table of showbread, how it represented Jesus, how it represented us, and how the Father saw that table. And when they were um, seeing the bread on the table and the light from the golden... um, 
lampstand, it would shine on that table. And when we look at that, the priests would be the ones to light that light. And the priests would be the ones to eat from that table. So we know that we are priests unto the Lord and we should be um, eating from the word of God on a daily basis. Amen. So tonight I want to talk about um, the altar of incense. The altar of incense. And you can find the altar of incense in Exodus 30, verse 1 through 10. Exodus 30, verse 1 through verse 10. And the purpose of the altar of incense was to burn incense. That was the purpose of the altar of incense, to burn incense. And as we see, when you go in there and see what that altar is made of, it's talking about being overlaid with gold. So everything that was in that tabernacle was overlaid with gold because it represented God. So those priests knew when they entered that tabernacle and saw all of this furniture of gold that represent the deity of God. They were in the presence of God. So what did the incense represent? When we look at the incense, it represents prayer. And I'm going to give you a few scriptures dealing with incense, dealing with prayer. Psalms 141 verse 2, it says, let my prayer, this is David, be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So David even used that word incense because it represents prayer. I'll give you another one in Revelations 5, 8. Revelations 5, 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vows full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So what that was, that was the incense. This was, this was in the book of Revelation where they, the 24 elders were before the lamb. And these incense represent the prayers of the saints. I want to go to Revelations 8, 3, and 4. You're getting a lot of scriptures, but remember, I only ask for one scripture. You're getting a lot of scriptures, but I only ask for one scriptures. And the reason why I do this is because we want it to be established by, what, three witnesses? More than one witness. You want to know, you know, where you can find it in the Bible. Revelations 8, 3, and 4 says, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angels hands. So we see that those incense, when they were burning, there was a aroma going up to God. That was the prayers of the saints. Last scripture is Luke one verse 10. This is when Zechariah, the priest went in um, to stand before God on the behalf of the people. He was burning incense. And when the people seen them, the smoke coming from that tabernacle, they were outside praying because they know that he was standing in on their behalf because he was burning those incense. So we know that the incense represent prayers. Everybody got that? Okay. What was the incense made of? I'm going to give you the scripture that tells you what it was made of. Exodus 30, verse 34 through 38 is telling you what it was made of. Exodus 30, 34 through 38. 
why did the incense have to be burned continually? Why did the incense have to be burned continually? In Exodus 30, it talks about that the priest had to let this incense be burned morning and through the night. And this is why it had to be burned continually. When we look in Luke 18:1, he said that man ought to always pray and not faint because we should pray all to, all, at all times. In 1 Thessalonians 5:17, pray without ceasing. So when they went into that temple, I'm going to bring it all together, but I'm giving you the scriptures first. When they went into that temple, Aaron, to burn the incense, he had to always keep that incense burning before the Lord. That sweet aroma had to go up before God. It had to be done continually. And this is how it should be in our lives. We should pray without ceasing. That means at all times we should be praying before the Father. And we know prayer is just communing with the fathers communicating with God so we sh men should always pray and not faint and it's good that we do because we can go before God because of what Jesus done we don't go on our own accord so this is why we should be free to go to God at all times to talk with him in different situations now why would God say no strange incense upon the altar we're going to wrap it all up this is what was going on God has set up that uh, pattern of the altar the way he wanted to be he gave it to Moses and Moses had to pass it down to the one that God wanted to make that altar of incense once that altar was made after the pattern God wanted to be made this is how the priest had to carry out what God wanted carried out on this altar we see that he said that he wanted the incense to burn all the time and the reason why that incense burned all the time it's because when God smelled that sweet aroma, what was happening was the altar of incense was right up against the veil that would enter into the holies of holies, the most holy place. And so it would go over that and you, the aroma would hit the mercy seat. So God, when he smelled that aroma, he knew that they were doing things accordingly the way that he would have them to do it. Now, if it was not accordingly the way God would have them to do it, they would die. Isn't that something? So everything had to be done the way God would have for it to be done. Now, why would God say no screams incense upon the altar? The reason why this is is because God had a pattern. He had a way of doing things. He didn't want no strange fire. And as go to Leviticus 10, verse 1 and 2. This is talking about Aaron's sons. When Aaron's sons offered strange fire upon that altar, they died because that was not God's way of doing things. They were getting out of the order of God. So in order for God to be present, to be amongst us, we have to follow his word just like um, we'll do what his word tell us to do. So by them, the priests, uh, Aaron's sons, not following the pattern, the way God wanted things to be carried out, they died. Because God was letting them know that if they did not do it the way he told them to do it, they would die. We look at number 16. Y'all remember Korah, Abiram, Abiram, and um, what was it, Dathan? What was his name? Something like that. Um, anyway, we know that they um, wanted to take that priest's office. They wanted to take it from, you know, Aaron. 
And what they did, they got to turn the people against Moses and Aaron. And this is what Moses said. He said, okay, let them bring incense before the Lord. And the, the one that is the incense that's accepted before the Lord, we're going to know that's the one that that's the priest. So y'all know it was not accepted because those men died. But then the people, they started cutting up. And so what God, what Moses um, told Aaron to do, he said, I want you to burn the incense. Go take the fire. And I'm going to get to that part. And I want you to burn the incense before the Lord It's going to stop the plague. They were doing it the way God ordered the priests to do it. The other ones were out of order because they were not supposed to do it. So what is this telling us today? Whomever God put in charge and whomever God give the order to, then that's the one that God is going to honor. If God did not put you in a position and you trying to be in a position that God didn't put you in, he's not going to anoint that. It's not going to go the way God um, would have for it to go because we follow his pattern. Korah was getting out of the pattern of God. God had already chose who he wanted to be priest. He already chose who he wanted to um, bring the incense in, um, unto him as a sweet uh, uh, smelling savor. He, he wanted them to, um, Aaron them to do it, but Korah took over. Like, I can do this just like they could. And God proved, no, I didn't call you to do this. This is who I called to do it. And this is why some churches are out of order because some people think that I can be a pastor, I can be an evangelist, I can be this and I can be that. But if God haven't called you to that, he's not going to anoint you to do it and it's not going to work, it's going to fail. So this is what was happening to them. And by Moses telling Aaron what to do the correct way, with the incense, it spared some of the people. So that's why we have to be careful with getting out of order in the house of God. That's what the enemy want because he knows if we go outside of God's word, it won't work. So that's what we want to continue to do, to do, do it the way that God is telling us to do it. And it's another thing that we have to look at dealing with the incense. God is not going to let any and everybody come before him. Even when it comes to praying, when we look at James 5, 16, it said the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. A person that is righteous, that stands before God because of what Jesus done can approach his throne. But a sinner just cannot stand before God and think that they're going to receive anything of God until they accept what Jesus have done. So this is what I was saying about the incense when they were bringing it and they were not the ones that supposed to bring it. It was not acceptable before God. God hears a sinner's prayer. When a sinner is turning their heart over to God, God hears that sinner. But in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, it said, behold, the Lord hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid, um, hid, have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So if you are not accepting God and a person is a sinner, you can't expect to be praying to God and saying, God, help me with this and God, help me with that, because you have not turned your heart over to him, even though he has prepared it for you through Jesus Christ, then God is not hearing that because the only way he hear it is through the you accepting his son. So some people tell people, even sinners, well, just ask God. 
pray to God. God will help you. No, that's not according to his will. This is why anyone could not go before God and burn incense except the ones that God had chosen to do it. Now, how does this work with us? Now, why would the high priest, now this is, this is going to bring it together. Why would the high priest take coals from the altar of sacrifice and put them on the altar of incense to burn the incense? So remember that first altar we talked about? It was that altar that um, burnt the sacrifice, where the sacrifice was burnt. This is where the, they laid the lamb, and this is where all the blood was running down that altar of sacrifice that brazen altar so what they did they took coals from that altar they put it on the altar of incense to burn the incense what was the purpose of that the purpose was god had to see that that coal that was taken off that's the sacrifice of jesus that he made for us when they put it on the altar of incense that made us righteous to stand before God to be heard. Y'all got it? That altar that the coals come from was the altar of sacrifice. So they took coals from that. They put it on the altar of incense because that made the people righteous before God because of the sacrifice that was already made. That's what happens with us. We can't even go to the Father, not unless we go through Jesus Christ. So when God... When they did all this according to God's pattern, then their prayers could be heard. The priest could not even um, go to that altar without doing what God had told him to do. This is why it's so important, y'all, to know who you're listening to. Because if they're in the word of God and they have a relationship with God, they're going to do exactly what the word says. And you're going to know it by their lifestyle you're going to know it by what manifests even in their lives around you you're going to know who's real or not they ain't going to have to fake it to make it that's just how they are no matter which way you know things happen in their life they're still doing it the way that god tell them to do it so the scripture is leviticus 16 12 through 13 and this tells about the coals that come from the altar of sacrifice, which is put on the altar of incense to burn the incense before God. Leviticus 16, 12 through 13. Jesus was a sacrifice for our sins. The coals represent Jesus laying down his life for us by putting them on the altar of incense to burn the incense is to make us righteous before God for our prayers to be heard. Isn't that awesome? Look how God set that up. Even in the tabernacle, Jesus was still there. Now let's talk about this. Now that tabern um, altar had horns on it. That altar had horns on it as well. There was a purpose even for those horns. Remember we talked about the horns represent strength, right? It represent power. Remember when they would do something against the Lord, they would go and grab hold to the horns of the altar of sacrifice so they would not die so God would have mercy. So what was happening here with those horns on the altar of incense, the priest would go in there and he would put blood on those horns. And that blood that he put on those horns was saying that that sin was atoned for. So I can stand before God on the behalf of those people. God had his stuff together, didn't he? 
So the only thing they had to do was follow his pattern. And if they followed everything the way that God told them to follow it, everything was okay. But if they did not, that priest didn't come out alive. He was dead. Can you imagine all of us in this room? Now we get out of order, don't we? We're supposed to be dead, but it's because of the blood. It's because of what Jesus done, not because of what we try to do. And that's why we want to look at the order of the church to know how much God really love us and to know how he set that pattern up in the Old Testament because it was bringing forth Jesus, his son. So he was representing his son that was sown to come. And as long as they did what God told them to do, their sins was atoned, they were covered for, but when they got out of the way of God, they died. Because God said, this is the way it's going to be done. You can't do it the way you want to do it. You're going to do it the way the pattern is set out. So Moses had to make sure he was hearing God the way he needed to hear him before he even brought it to the people. I believe that's why he was up there 40 days. He He had to really script himself of himself to say, I don't want to get this wrong. I want to make sure I'm hearing right. So this is why um, fasting come in in our lives. Sometimes we have to deny this flesh to the point of not giving it what it wants so I can hear God more clearly so I'll know what God is saying unto me because when your flesh is so much out of whack, you don't know who's talking. But when you take something from that flesh and you said you ain't having this today and you're crucifying that flesh, I'm telling you, you can hear God even the more. You'll be saying, yes, Lord, I hear you, Lord. And you'll be doing what God wants you to do outside of how the flesh feel. So this is why Moses had to spend so much time with God because God had him leading the people on his behalf. So we see that the blood had to be on those horns. And that's Leviticus 4, verse 7. Leviticus 4, verse 7. Now, how does the altar represent Jesus? And we've been talking about this all along. Hebrews 7, verse 25. Hebrews 7, verse 25. Therefore, he's able also to save forever, completely, perfectly, for eternity, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede and intervene on their behalf with God. So Jesus dealing with that altar of incense that's burning continually before God. And he's smelling that sweet fragrance because everything that the incense was made of was a sweet fragrance. So when God is smelling that sweet fragrance before him, he knows at that point that everything that he told them to do was done and and Jesus' blood is right there interceding on our behalf. So that's how Jesus come in. Jesus is representing us before the Father. He's interceding on our behalf. And y'all know how Jesus does that so well because he walked the earth. He knew the things that we would go through down here because he lived it himself. So when he went up there with the Father, he's interceding on our behalf and he's saying, God, have mercy on them. This is why in John 17, that whole prayer that Jesus prayed for us, he was praying on our behalf unto the Father because he done been through it on earth. So he was praying on our behalf. He was interceding. So know that Jesus is always interceding for you. To the Father, he's interceding on your behalf. In Romans 8.34, it verifies that too. Romans 8.34 is telling you about Jesus interceding on our behalf. 
Jesus is standing in the gap. And I'm telling you, being that Jesus is standing in the gap, y'all, he's praying the perfect will for us. Jesus know about our weaknesses. He know about everything that we're going through on earth. So he's standing in for us. Remember in Luke 22, he was talking to Peter. And this is what he was saying in Luke 22, 31 through 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may shift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art um, converted, strengthen thy brethren. So he was praying for Simon. That's what he's doing for us, y'all. He's intervening on our behalf before the father. So who want to go ahead of Jesus to get anything from the father that we already have because of Jesus. So even in our prayers, when we go before the father, we go in before him because of what Jesus done, not because of what we can do. So that altar of incense was representing Jesus. It was representing him interceding on our behalf. The blood that was put on that altar was letting God know that Jesus had atoned. He had already taken care of our sins. So we have the right to come before his throne boldly to find mercy in our time of need. If we think of it like that, y'all, we don't have to feel like, well, before I go pray, let me get it right. Because Jesus already got it right for us. When we go before the Father, we say, Father, I'm not coming to you on my own accord. I'm coming to you because of the blood. I'm coming to you because I have a right to come to you because of what Jesus done, not because of what I would ever do. So I know what he done on my behalf. I know what already belonged to me. And then you begin to say, God, I thank you that it's already done. So we don't have to take so long in prayer, begging and pleading with God because the blood has already been put on that altar of incense. And God smells that sweet aroma. Why? Because it's coming from Jesus. It is definitely coming from us because we'll be stinking. It's coming through him. So if we know that we can stand before the Father, can you imagine in the world people say, you don't have no right to be here. You didn't earn your way here. You can't, you can't even come up in here. But because of Jesus, I can come up in here. Because it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So see, when the world reject you, know that you have been accepted in the beloved. And that's where we mess up at because we look at the world as the one that's going to take care of us. But we have to look at him who's the author and finisher of our faith. He done done everything that need to be done. Only thing we need to do is step in to what's already done. I remember before I would go even pray to the Father. I don't know if y'all would do this, I would already be talking to the Father. I'd be in my kitchen talking to the Father. Then i said, well, I'm going to go back here and pray a little bit. I already was praying. <laughs> you know how you're saying, well, I'm, I'm going to talk to God about this right here. I'm going to ask him about this right here. I, I know I ain't the only one. That sound about crazy, right? I'm going to ask him about this right here when I get in prayer. I'm, I'm going to see what God got to say. And I'm sitting up there saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm already talking to God. <laughs> then you go back there in the room and you can't even think about what you want to ask him. Because you already done, you have in communication with him and you know you can communicate with him anywhere. 
You can talk to him just sitting down in your chair, just meditating and being still and saying, Father, I'm here, not on my own accord. I'm here because Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus that redeemed me, because of the blood of Jesus that justified me, that reconciled me. God, we have peace now between us. We're no longer enemies because of Jesus. I'm no longer separated from you, God. I can come and ask. I can seek and I shall find. I can, what is it? Ask, seek, and knock. Because this is what God said we can do because of Jesus. So don't get into a hurry thinking, let me do this before I go into prayer. Now, offense and stuff will stop you from going to God. But if you remember what Jesus done and you got an offense in your heart, you're going to say, uh-uh, I'm laying aside all of this. Because Jesus already paid the price for this. I have a right to stand before God, not because of me, but because of Jesus. So if we know this, y'all... We wouldn't spend so much time trying to get something we already got. We wouldn't spend so much time to say, Lord, change them. Please, Lord, change them. I'm tired of their mess. Please, Lord, please, Lord, do something now before I do it. He already done it through Jesus Christ. So the only thing we need to do is say, Lord, I thank you for what you have already done. You said if you saved me, you'll save my whole house. So I thank you that my whole house is already saved. God, I thank you that I'm standing in the gap on their behalf. God, because they don't know you the way I know you. The way I know you because of Jesus Christ. Because of what he done on my behalf and he done it on their behalf. So God, everything that's in their life that's blocking them, that's stopping them from getting close to you, I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. Every demonic force that's around them God I speak that it's dismissed right now in Jesus name God they're rising up God and what you have already prepared for them what you have already done so I give you glory honor and praise for it right now in Jesus name when you know what belonged to you it don't take you all day you just speak those things y'all that be not as though they were God want everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He reigned on the just as well as the unjust. He have no respectable person. So when we go through the order of the church and know how God want things done, don't you know that it's going to be a table that's set in excellency? Everybody going to know what they supposed to do at that table because we're serving the same God. So we don't went over. The items that are in the tabernacle. We went over the um, golden lampstand. We know that brings light. How does that represent Jesus? Jesus is the light of the world, right? And that light was in that um, tabernacle because it was dark. There was no window. So that light had to continually um, be lit by those priests. Then we look at the... um, what else we go over the table of showbread. We know that bread represent Jesus as being the bread of life. And it represented the 12 tribes of Israel. You know, God's covenant people. It was one thing else that I wanted to share with you with the altar of incense. With the incense, what was put in that incense also was salt. It was mixed in with that incense. Why? Because salt represent a covenant with God. So all of that had to be put in there because it reminded them that they were under covenant with God. When the people were standing outside of that tabernacle and they were seeing that smoke go up, they were saying, oh, our prayers are before God. But if they ain't see no smoke, they say, he dead. (laughs) He dead. He dead. We in trouble now. So that's why you better know who you are up under (laughs) because they had to do it by the pattern of God and not their way. 
So this is what God want us to do. Can y'all imagine if we done everything the way God would have for it to be done? Do you know all the things that would manifest in front of us because we're following his pattern and his way of doing things? We're not setting things up just because we want to set them up, but we're setting them up according to the word of God. And if it's set up according to the word of God, guess what? God is going to reveal himself through it because he's the word. People are going to see him. And I'll give you another example, and I used this before, even with the church. When we were getting set up in the church, y'all, I didn't know nothing about setting up no church. Only thing I knew is I had a, a word from the Lord. And the Lord would show me how to do each thing in the church. He would show me how to do, um, you know, each committee, how to set up the committees, um, what these committees need to do and all of this. So when it was coming to the bank part, we had Jennifer, we had Darlene, and I wasn't no accountant. But the Lord would show me different things. And I remember right over here in this office one night, we had to um, do some paperwork and we had to obtain a loan. And I think it was for that second building. And we had to get everything together for that loan. Y'all, it was toe up from the flow up over there in that office. But I remember when the Lord spoke to me and I said, this is what we need to do right here. Things begin to flow. Everybody was getting it together. By the time we got to the bank and me and my husband was sitting there with all the paperwork and stuff and the gentleman had looked over it, he looked at us and he said, I need to tell you this in my mind. I'm like, oh God. He said, I need to tell you this. He said, your ministry have a spirit of ex excellency over it. I said, well, praise God. He said, I have never seen no paperwork like this dealing with no ministry. Come on, y'all. Ain't God good? Because we was following his pattern. We didn't try to stick this in there, stick that in there. We followed it the way God wanted it to be followed. How did that happen? Because me as being the head, hearing God, if God said, mm, that don't work. We got to fix that right there. They had to follow what I, y'all ain't understand accounting. Jennifer knew I ain't understand accounting, but I said, mm, that ain't right. We're going to have to fix that right there. And as they obeyed what I was telling them to do, and we turned in the paperwork, the man was so astounded. He said, we enjoy doing business with y'all because everything was so much in order. When that man left that bank, we got a call nah, about several months after he left, and he said, um, I want to do business with y'all. And I'm saying, well, I'm sorry, we okay where we are because they knew how well we carried things out. This is why I tell people at Miracle Temple, you don't do stuff just to do it to say you've done it. Everything you do, you do it unto the Lord. And my husband know me. I don't have to look at his stuff or nobody's stuff because the Holy Spirit will tell me this department here ain't right. You need to go check out that department. Sure enough, it don't be right. And it's not because I'm bragging or boasting. It's because when you love the Lord, and you want it to be carried out the way he wanted it to be carried out, guess what? It's going to be carried out the right way. Nothing missing, nothing broken, because you don't know what you need until the time that it's needed. So what am I telling you? Anything God put in your hands, you do it unto him and not unto man. You're not here to please man. You're here to please God. So whatever he have for you to do, just like Judah when um, they sing, they're singing unto the Lord. They're not trying to impress people. But if they take the song and they meditate on the song and they get it in their heart and they got it so much in their heart, when they open their mouth, 
Y'all are going to know that they've been before the Lord because it's going to ring out where people are going to know, I know the presence of the Lord is here. That's how we're supposed to do it. And that's why we're going over the order of the church. Wherever your um, heart is, that's where you're going to be. If your heart is for the Lord, you ain't going to let nothing be done out of order. You're going to say, no, 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 no. This is being done unto the Lord. We want to do it the right way. So next week, if it's the Lord's will, and we'll go into the holies of holies, right there at the mercy seat. But look at what you had to go through to get to where he was. But because of Jesus, we don't have to go through all of that. We don't. They had to. Only thing we have to do is know what we have and receive it. Believe it and receive it. Amen. So what I want to do at this time, we have went over a lot with the tabernacle, right? Can I have some volunteers to tell me what you have gotten out of this teaching so far? Now, this is what I want. I want you to tell me how this helped you and how have you applied it to your life? How have this teaching helped you? And how have you applied it to your life? Do I have anyone? Come on, Rico. The next... I'm one that want to come. You can mosey on up here on this front row and it won't take you too long to get here. I'll start calling names in a minute. Well, with the last teaching that we had on the altar of who was talking about the showbread being laid on the table, um, the 12 loaves and in two rows of six, and how the order of God, how he wanted it in order, and what the um, table represented, and also what the overlay of gold represented. Um, it made me look at my life. It like pretty much when you're studying about the order of how it's supposed to be, it makes you look at your life, and then you want to get into God's word and see if you're walking the way that you're supposed to be walking. And so that's the way it made me want to do, like to make sure that I'm pleasing God and make sure that I'm representing him well and to make sure that he gets the glory out of my life. Didn't see nobody come up on this front row. I've enjoyed it because the um, the patterns from the beginning because it just gives us a more in depth of what Jesus came to do and fulfilled. And I feel like the more, just like she's talking about, when she gives us the scriptures. Um, you know, you might not memorize every one, but you know that you've got a, you know, you got back, we got a contract. And so you can, we can stand strong on the word and knowing that when we're in him, 
you know, he's got our back. Daddy's got our back. And like she said, there's a lot of things that we might not know how to do. Like personally, I might not have to know how to do. All I got to do is depend on my daddy and say, Daddy, I, I'm coming to you because you know I don't know how to do this. But I know you do, and you'll show me how to go. And I just think it gives us more confidence in God, and which leads to us running to him versus hiding from him. And, I, you know, I think the more you grow in him, the, you know, the, the people in the past wanted to, you know, how they'd run and want to hide from God. And God wanted to, like Adam and Eve, they, you know, they hid from him. But God wants us to go to him. And the more we learn about him and learn how awesome he is and what Jesus has done for us. And, you know, it's like somebody buying a, a ticket for you and, and say, come on, I already got your ticket, come on in. And you're like, wow, that's just, wow, thank you for doing that. Look what he did. We couldn't buy, we couldn't buy that ticket. And Amen. I just think that's pretty awesome. Amen. Um, the table of showbread. Um, I thought it was so awesome that the table represented that Jesus wants to come and uh, fellowship with us, have an intimate relationship with his people. Um, he wanted to come down and sup and, um, you know, and commune with us. And um, I think sometimes we take that lightly being born again Christians that um, he want to intimate relationship with us, but um, as well as the table of showbread represented Christ and that he was um, the bread of life. And if we eat the bread of life, we'll never be um, hungry again. Amen. I'll wait patiently. See ya. Yep. Uh, like Gloria was saying with the table of uh, showbread about the fellowshipping, what stood out to me was when we get to know each other, we, when we go out and we fellowship and we eat with each other, we do, you know, we converse and we get to know each other a little bit better. Um, we learn our eating habits, you know, we laugh and we joke. And we get to know each other by that fellowship. And the same way with Jesus, when we partake of him and his word and we're eating the word, which is him, we're getting to know him and we're getting to know his ways. The same way that we get to know each other, we get to know him in an intimate way. And also about the fellowshipping is when you don't forsake to come to church and a lot of people feel like they can do it for themselves but the bible tell us that god's way is not don't forsake to assemble with the saints because there's strength in numbers and that's what his word tell us to do so and i even in my life when you follow the pattern of god just for instance uh, being dis uh doing the test on that question what did the table represent i was stuck and Kim walked by and she said, well, just ask the Holy Spirit. And I did. I said, oh, Holy Spirit, what does it represent? 
And he said, fellowship, Revelations 3.20. I said, uh-uh, that ain't it. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> I did. Did I put it down? No. Because <laughs> I was leaning to my own understanding. So I was out of fellowship. Where's that intimacy, Athea? <laughs> he gave you the answer and you just told him no. Don't we do it though, y'all? Yes, we, we ask the Holy Spirit, then he give it to us. No, that ain't it. <laughs> How intimate are we? <laughs> How well do we know him? What I got most out of the part about every seven days, how fresh bread was brought to the table. And it reminds me that my wife was saying how we come to church every Sunday to get new manna from God. Because sometimes, you know, you don't, the word can get stale to you. You know, you have to get new word to keep you going. And what the thing was saying about asking the Holy Spirit about something, mine's a little bit different than hers today. I couldn't remember scripture. And ask the Holy Spirit to bring back to my remembrance. Cause I'm like, the more I thought about, like the further it got away, you know. And I'm sitting there thinking, thinking, thinking. I said, Holy Spirit, you got to help me with that. And immediately, He gave me what I need right then, and I wrote it down. I said, Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, you know. But I thank God again for the for the illustration about you know about the the putting fresh bread every every seven days. Amen. We don't want no stale bread, do we? I don't know about y'all. I don't eat no stale bread. Must have been. Yes, it was. Um, to add to what was said on tonight, um, what stood out to me was that, you know, was that a rumor, you know, that when God, when he smelled that aroma, he had a pattern and it had to be that smell. And then if that uh, smell wasn't right, it wasn't acceptable to him. And then when we was talking about how, uh, like, when the priest go in and if it was something wasn't right, that smoke didn't come, you know, if that the rumor wasn't right, that priest, you know, didn't do something wrong, that priest died in there, went out in there. But, you know, just how the pattern of God, and have that certain pattern, and that pattern is in that through our prayer. So our prayer has to be right. So let's know that our prayer right that God hears us. And that he don't hear, you know, any type of prayer like we talked about tonight. He don't hear a sinner's prayer unless it's a prayer of repentance. But my main thing I was trying to say is that um, we have to go by God's pattern and it has to be right for him to accept it. Amen. Isn't that awesome, though, y'all? How hard is that? If you got the word, that's him. So if you're doing what the word say, do why are we worried? Have y'all thought about that? If you do what the words say, why should we worry? Because we're following his pattern, his way of doing things. That's why when we pray, we don't pray outside of his will. Because he's not going to hear anything outside of his will. He hears his word. So if you put his word before him, God hears you. Amen? I'm not going to bother nobody else. Kim, you can come on. <laughs> well, you can say it, Shirley. You, you say it in your own word. Come on. Kim, you can come up too. Y'all, this is good though. This is good where we come in together fellowshipping and sharing with what we have gotten out of the word.
I just want to say that um, like all my life in church, I always heard how God is the bread of life and different things that we're learning in the old. Um, I know I used to, I don't know anybody else, when I read the old, I kind of like just read it. But I didn't have the full understanding to put it with where we are now in Christ and, and um, living in God's grace and, and um, by Jesus Christ. Um, it just gives me more understanding why he is the bread of life and everything that they did have to go through. We don't have to take them same steps. It's so much easier, but it's still the same where our heart has to be right before him in order to get to the father and for the father to hear us as others have said tonight. But I just wanted to add that, that it's really, um, eye opener to a lot of things I've heard all through the years in songs and different things and where it give even more meaning why those things were being sung and I don't even know if the old people understood totally what they were singing but um, it's, it's very very interesting to me what we're learning and how we're learning in the old what they did go through and when Kim was talking it reminded me of you know how that sweet aroma that was going before God and when he smelled that sweet aroma, those prayers of the saints and they doing it the right way. Y'all know how you in a surrounded by people and you say, something don't smell right. What is that smell? It just don't, I can't take it. I'm going to throw up. God know what's right and what's not. And if you're walking in the spirit, I don't care who's around you, you know what ain't right. Because you represent that light. And if you're being fed the word of God, you're going to know what's around you that's not right. You're going to know what you're in that don't please God because it don't, it don't smell right. You can tell stench, can't you? You, so, you? you can really tell it. So that's why God knew. I know what I told you to bring together. That ain't right. That pre dead. Because he bought him some stuff that wasn't right. That's what you call strange fire. God said, that ain't my fire. That ain't what I told you. You dead. This is why he did this in the Bible. And that's why we got to understand the ways of God and why he did it. Because he said, that's not my order. That's not my order, Willie. Don't bring that up in here. <laughs> now, I was just going to say that what <clears throat> stood out with me was, um, like a pastor was saying, you know, the pattern. God has a pattern. And not only does it apply to the church way of doing things, because if we don't follow his pattern in the church in particular, things, we won't prosper and we won't grow because of his unique way of doing things and putting things together. That's why we have leaders that can teach us to how to do things because when they hear God and they put it out there, we have to follow their lead. And that pattern is what's going to pull things together. And in rebellion, it just makes it worse because that's the plan of the enemy. And it will never work with rebellion. You have to be submitted to God's will. Sometimes even when it don't feel good, you have to know that it's the will of God and follow the pattern. And even starting in the book of Genesis, God had a plan, a pattern. It was a pattern. It was a plan. His plan with um, him building the ark. I'm trying to remember which one it was, building no. the ark. Yeah, mm -hmm. building the ark. And he told him how to build it, what to use, 
and he told him everything to do, and he followed that plan that God had given him, and when he did, look what happened. We are a result, we are a result of that plan. That's, that's why we're here today, because when the world was destroyed by water, God had a plan. He knew what he was going to do, and he had someone to listen and obey. And this is, this is, we are a result of what happened back in the day. But God told him that it wouldn't be destroyed by water anymore. It would be by fire next time. So all throughout, there is a pattern. And if you read and understand, there is a pattern to what he does. Even in your home, there is a pattern. Because if you don't live according to God's word, things won't go right in the home. And he tells us in every phase of our life, how we need to live, even in our home as husband and wife, in order for that pattern to work. Mm -hmm. So it's a pattern in everything we do. Everything, God has a way of doing things. And if we listen and obey, we'll flow freely in what he wants us to do. And if we don't, then that's when the problem starts. So we have to hear God, hear the one that hears God, and follow the lead. And that way we'll know. And if it doesn't work, we'll know they didn't hear God. But if it works... And you can see it's working. Mm -hmm. We need to follow the leader, you know. Amen. I want to say this, too. I was, while Shirley was talking, I was looking at these chairs in here, and God reminded me. You know how the word said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measures pressed down, running over, uh, shall men give into your bosom. We um, had a need for these chairs when we first moved up in here. And, y'all, every chair in here, I believe the total of these chairs was 10,000, maybe over maybe close to 12, all these chairs that was in here, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. Anyway, one person, one person was put in charge of the need. That one person went out through Pender County and just told them what the church was doing. Y'all see all these chairs? $12,000 for these chairs. One person went throughout this city and told them what we was doing in doctor's offices and everywhere she could go, she would say, this is what my church is doing. This is what my church is needing. You want to be a part of that? They said, I'll get back with you. If she hadn't heard from them in a while. She'd go right back up in there and say, I was just coming back to check because you told me you'll get back up with me and I want to see if you still want to support. I'm not joking. Every week she had money in her hand. You know why? She followed the pattern. Her heart was right before God. God honored her heart because she was honoring his house. And God touched the heart of the people because of her. So that's why I say there's nothing too hard for God if your heart is right and you opening your mouth and you doing it with the right heart, God will change people's hearts on your behalf. One person, $12,000. Isn't that awesome? They know they didn't have it. But they went out and told what was being done, and we got it done. So I give God glory for following his word, following his pattern, and then you see the manifestation of it. Do we have any announcements? Did we get everything, Quana? We got everything we need. Are we going to have people to help with packing up the bags, or y'all got that? Okay. All right. We're good to go. We'll do our offering, and we will dismiss. <laughs>